This was not someone committed to defining one church as true so that all the others had to be false. And he was committed to the idea of community in the church at large. He kept saying, <laughs> every time someone says, your holiness, I get nervous. I say, the Pope is here. And then I realize that's who I am. And he just was very, very unhierarchical, if you will. Pius XII, who said some wonderful things and did some wonderful things, nonetheless, I think, took the church as far as it could as an institution, as far as you could possibly go with institution, happened under Pius XII. He's the only pope who ever issued a papal infallible decree uh, after the definition of infallibility. Highly centralized, almost quasi-divine, awesome figure, but not someone you would think of as a catalyst for community, or maybe even hope, in the way that John the Twenty-Third was. So that gave me two other categories. And then, the second year after Vatican II in 1967, uh, I was now a seminary professor and back in the United States, and... Gregory Baum, a Canadian theologian, asked a group of Americans, and a few Canadians as well, uh, if they could isolate three elements that influenced the way they thought and their personal life. <clears throat> and I had never quite thought about that a lot. And in putting that article together, I came up with um, Thomas Merton, John Henry Newman, and John the Twenty-Third. And um, actually, uh, I did a play later on John the Twenty-Third, a book on Newman and a book on Merton. But um, with Merton, uh, I journeyed to Gethsemane, uh, his abbey, to the hermitage there, to Prod in southern France, where he was born, Bangkok in Thailand, uh, where he died, and then preached on the 60th anniversary of his baptism at Columbia University's uh, Corpus Christi Church on the celebration for that occasion. So I continued a relationship with him. With Newman, I also went on pilgrimage to Birmingham, uh, visited the room where he lived and died, saw the little notebook he kept from the time he was seven, and the last little islands items scribbled on the bottom said, and now a cardinal, which is kind of interesting. Went out to Rednell, where he was uh, buried, to Littlemore, where he was converted, to Oxford, where he taught, and so on. And with John XXIII, I journeyed outside of Bergamo to Soto del Monte, where he was born, uh, the farmhouse, and of course had been there from, for his pontificate, and frequently uh, prayed at his grave. So, what I think I gained, if you will, that uh, led me in these directions, from Merton, authenticity and commitment, and I did a doctoral dissertation later on him, uh, John the Twenty-Third, Community and Hope, um, from Journeys and Newman, and I did a dissertation on Newman, whose grammar of ascent very powerful book, very profound book, impressed me because he said, in the modern world, we don't need certitude 
on all the major issues of our lives, we need rather a convergence of probabilities. I like that phrase. He also wrote on consulting the, la on the laity in matters of doctrine. He did this in the 19th century, mind you. Uh, when, uh, after the Vatican I Council, uh, there was a lot of rigidity in Catholicism. Uh, he tied together biography and the spiritual life in his Apologia Pro Vita Sua, somewhat the way um, St. Augustine did in the Confessions. I mean, uh, I find um, Aquinas a more satisfying theologian than Augustine, but Aquinas, you can't find much humanity there. It's the person's missing. Uh, with Augustine and Newman, you can't get their theology unless you know their biography and their life story. And uh, Newman's great work on the development of doctrine, which he finished about 1845, right before...